Hey guys, I hope you're doing great today and I can't wait to bring you the show. But before I do, I just wanna make a quick request. If you're listening to the show and you're getting good value and you're enjoying the content and you feel that it's valuable, if you could just take a second and go and give me a rating and review in whatever platform you listen, whether it be Apple or Google or uh, Spotify, whatever it is, just go and give me a rating and review, that would be very appreciated. All right guys, let's dive in. But I had a mentor in my life who said, you gotta look at the tax code differently. It's a series of incentives. It's not a book of rules. It's not a book of punishments. It's a series of incentives. And that incentive, the way it's written today, is a roadmap for your treasure hunt. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right, guys. Hey, how are you doing today? Hope you're having a great day. I am about to make your day better. I have for you today an awesome hand-picked presentation. These are like the best of the best presentations that we had at past Flip Hacking Live. And I just wanna show you what you're missing out on if you're not going. If you are going, then it's something to look forward to because I have today a presentation that my friend Adam Ray did uh, a year or two ago at Flip Hacking Live. And it's all about wealth accumulation, wealth building and creating a life inside of real estate that gives you the opportunity to live the life that you really want with freedom of time, uh, financial freedom, and how to go about doing that. And he gets to, into a little bit of like tax stuff and things like that. So it's really, really good, solid, like information that you can actually utilize right away. And this is what happens at Flip Hacking Live. This is why I'm bringing you these presentations. Listen, most of these presentations have not been put out into the public and just given away for free. Usually you have to pay to get recordings and things of the past presentations. So I'm giving them out to you for free because I really want you to understand what goes on at this event. If you haven't gotten your tickets, you can grab them at bestrealestateevent.com. Again, that's bestrealestateevent.com. Go grab your tickets. But in the meantime, guys, check out this presentation from like, I think it was from 2018, but absolutely applicable today. Matter of fact, it might be even more applicable today than it was back then. So check it out, guys. Get ready to take notes. This one is awesome. Oh, it always looks a lot bigger from up here. Got to settle in, not get, get the nerves out of the way. Gosh, how do I get started? So... This is me, I'm, uh, I live in Colorado Springs. That's my backyard, that's kind of a little slice of heaven right there. So if you ever wanna come, I say this to a lot of people, you've got a place to stay, you got a guy to show you around town and I'll show you all the restaurants and uh, just as transparent as can be. One of the things that I've learned from Justin and Tara over that process is I was actually in a group prior, I was actually doing some real estate, I just wasn't making money at it. Um, so I'd, I've been in real estate on and off uh, since about 2006. I just couldn't figure out how to make money consistently and actually build a, a team or all, all that kind of stuff. And man, when I did the investigating off of that Bigger Pockets post, one of my mentors had said, like, if you want the life that that person has, then you're going to go build a business like they have. And what I had seen was a lot of people doing a lot of different things in real estate. And I was modeling my business after some other people. And I didn't actually want the life that they had. They were not seeing their kids. They were not focused on what was important as far as being a husband or a spouse or a, a family member um, to the family that's around you, and, uh, you know, a person in your community. So, the big, the big differentiator for me joining this group was there's not only conversation about, yeah, the nuts and bolts of real estate. How do we make, you know, two or three million dollars in a year and generate a ton of revenue? But why? Like, why are we all here? Why are we doing that? What, why does it matter? And those three kids right there is why it matters for me and my wife and what it is that I'm trying to buy back with that money. Um, and the conversations that happen in this group, seven figure, eight figure, six figure, house flipping formula, all the different programs, the big thing that's different is like, the first conversation I had with Justin is like, 
what does the communication structure look like between you and your wife about the business? Because I just, I go nonstop, 6 a.m. to 11 p.m., I'm talking about business. And he's like, you gotta shut it down. You gotta be a good dad. You gotta have playtime. You gotta be home for dinner. And like those types of conversations don't happen in a lot of uh, other places. So what is your goal and where do you wanna get to? It incorporates, or it actually should start with, why are you, why are you here? Why are you in the room in the first place? So, uh, so that's me, that's what we're, we're gonna be talking about today is uh, defining wealth and what true wealth is and the tools that I'm using to, uh, to walk through that process. Yes, we're gonna talk about taxes, I'm a little bit nerdy, but here's where we start. So sellmyhome.org is our company. Uh, we cover Southern Colorado, five counties across Southern Colorado. I like to say this at the beginning of every presentation. George Edward Box is a British statistician. Um, my favorite quote is, all models are wrong. They're all broken, nothing's perfect. If you're looking at a personality test, disc, it's good, it's nothing is gonna be perfect, but some are useful if you're able to keep it in the context that it is. So this is what I'm doing, this is what my opinion is, this is uh, all of the stuff that I've brought together in my life and I'm gonna be as transparent as possible with you to show you how we're building wealth and what wealth means to me. Um, so all models are wrong, they can be useful. Just take it with a grain of salt uh, but you actually have to do the work to apply some of the principles and work it out with your values, your life, your, your stuff, your business. So that's where we start. How do I become wealthy? That's the I think that's a question that we're all asking today. How do I become wealthy? And I think you have to back up and define uh, what wealth is. And uh, there's a lot of pat answers. There's time, money, cars, vacations. Uh, you see a lot of Instagram posts and you're dreaming of going to fr the south of France for the summer. Whatever it is to you, you need to know clearly what that is. And also know that whatever you're seeing online is a very curated uh, view of what their decision of, of wealth is. So I love the values of the people in this group because it's not about the Maseratis. It's not about... Uh, vacations in the south of France. For most people in this group, it's about their kids. It's about their spouse. It's about truly and genuinely getting into the weeds of what makes a rich and wealthy life. Uh, this is the pumpkin patch that, uh, that the kids were, uh, are going to. And we I just wanted to put these pictures up here to show you like a couple days a week now, I get to stay home and on the bottom left there, I get to stay home and I get to uh, make tea and, and pancakes with my kids. Um, and that truly is what, what I work so hard for, is to be able to buy back that time. Uh, it's not about the money for me, it's about the time. And how can we do that over a period of time and be efficient? So I have a mentor, he's no longer with us. He passed away about two years ago. But I was so curious since 2006 uh, how, how he was able to grow uh, an incredible amount of wealth. Now this guy in the 60s petitioned the Texas state government to really get the defined rules around what a 401k was. And then he also ended up being a co-partner and founder of Nationwide Insurance. Uh, just happened to be a family friend of his granddaughter and uh, ended up getting to spend some time with this guy and in his company, he passed on to me his process for wealth and, uh, and what he had coached a ton of people to go through was there's five different things that you have to work on, some of it simultaneously, but it can be a process of where you start and you get to the end. Now the five components of true wealth are you're gonna start with, you have to earn an income. So there's an earned income. Your goal is to get it as high as possible, obviously, uh, so that you can then get assets of some kind. Something that's worth something of value to be able to have a little bit more peace of mind. Uh, but then translating that into then passive income. Assets are not inherently passive income. 
Uh, passive income is gonna, pay, it's mailbox money. It's gonna pay you regardless of whether you show up or not. And then how do you protect and preserve that wealth? Uh, and then generosity. And I'm talking about all of this uh, in regards to what is wealth. Wealth is money, wealth is, wealth is time. Wealth is the, joy, the excess of joy that you get to have because you have an overabundance of resources. Um, so the path to wealth uh, are those kind of five steps is what he broke down for me. And these are the conversations that have been fun for me over the last couple of years is truly getting to a spot where my business got transformed. We went and earned a large income and we were trying to figure out how to move into the next steps. And I kept coming back to this over and over and over. I want to earn an income so that I can do what with it? Like, we're buying assets, we're then uh, moving into passive income, and then trying to figure out how to preserve it as our wealth process so that I can buy back my time. Um, so I'm following this to a T. So earned income is the focused effort on becoming a valued expert, demanding the highest compensation available for whatever that skill set is. Um, and so a lot of people are looking at the real estate investing as their ticket to wealth. But the problem is flipping houses and wholesaling, that's great, but it's an earned income. At the end of the day, it is one component of the path, the broad perspective of wealth. And although you can make a huge amount of money in a very short amount of time by bringing value to the market, it still is an earned income, which is great. Uh, this, this gentleman, uh, my mentor talked a lot about typically highly educated professionals uh, like doctors, dentists, lawyers mistake the earned income for wealth and never really move past that phase. They make the assumption that income will automatically make them wealthy. An earned income is actually a tool is what his phrase was. It's a tool, it's a shovel, and how big is your shovel to be able to build wealth in your life? You have to master the earned income so that you're making a lot of money, whatever that is. It doesn't even have to be real estate, but what does that look like so that you can then move into the next phase of building wealth? Uh, the second, asset acquisitions. And this is where you're buying things uh, that are going to go up over time in value, that have an inherent value in and of themselves, um, that have and hold their value over time. And that is how you have security, that is how you grow wealth over a period of time, whether that's stocks, bonds, real estate, uh, different things. There are different assets and you've got to start putting your earned income into that asset acquisitions. And the problem with asset acquisitions is there's a lot of people selling crap out there and will say, you know, hey, a car is an asset. Yes, it is an asset, but it's going down in value and it breaks down over time. It is not going to hold its value over time. That is true of every asset. Everything breaks down over time and you have to look at the stuff that holds its value over the longest amount of time possible, real estate being one of those things. Then moving into phase three, which is passive income, is not only buying assets in general that are worth something, but then focusing on buying assets that produce regular amounts of money paid to you without active management. Now, there's a debate on how passive is true passive. Um, and so I think the, the concept though is don't mistake assets for passive income. They're different categories and they're different categories on pur purpose. So your house is an asset that you live in, but it sure as heck isn't passive income for you. So being able to separate those out uh, is crucially important for you to be able to define how you're moving from one to two to three, um, and then making sure that you have passive income as well coming in as a part of that plan. Um, and the question that, that my mentor asked me repeatedly is like, what would you do different? Would you do anything different if you had $10,000 show up in your bank account every month? Whether you went into work or not, what would be different? And if anything is different that you want to be doing because you'd be getting $10,000 a month in your bank account, then you're not wealthy yet, is what he would say. Then you're not wealthy yet. You don't get it. You're not getting it. Adam, you're not getting it. 
and I was so focused on money, but if you had $10,000, you knew it was gonna show up in your bank account every single month. What are you gonna do different? And I'd be like, well, I do this and this. He's like, great, you're not wealthy yet. What do you need to do to get there? And because it's not about the money, it's about the time. It's about the purpose, why we're all sitting in this room, is to buy back time. Then we move into preservation. Uh, preservation is how do we protect from people trying to take it from us? How do we protect from your biggest partner, which is the IRS, and actually use that money to then accelerate your investments and your passive income uh, to buy back your time, to do things for people in your life? This is one of the biggest mindset shifts I've had over the last couple of years. People keep saying, I'm the tax guy, I'm this, I'm that. I am not, here's my disclaimer, I am not a licensed professional, I am not a CPA, I am not an attorney, but I had a mentor in my life who said, you gotta look at the tax code differently. It's a series of incentives. It's not a book of rules, it's not a book of punishments, it's a series of incentives. And that incentive, the way it's written today, is a roadmap for your treasure hunt. And when I started viewing it that way, I started digging into different strategies that would help me not have to write a massive check at the end of the year to my biggest partner, the IRS. And then generosity. Generosity is the process of giving and sharing your knowledge and resources, whether that's money or time or whatever, with those that you love and care about, whether you personally have a relationship with them or you, you're generous with those that you care and love that you don't know, um, like the Underground Railroad charity that we're supporting. Oh my goodness, my heart is like exploding and I wanna go make more money not because I really want to put it in a bank account, but because I want to fund some of that stuff. I mean, how incredible is the wealth in this room when we not only get to bring money in, but it's about sending it out to work for the people that we love. That is generosity with our time, with our money. Those are the five pillars of wealth. And moving through those is the process that we're all on. You can work on all of them simultaneously, but you have to start where you are. And most people are at the earned income phase. You've got to master that and then start putting stuff into the next phases and move all the way down. Um, and then your life is full of the overflowing generosity with all the resources that you have. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about everything that you've got. And that's what the genuine wealth and value of this group is, is everyone is willing to share. You're gonna get my cell phone number at the end of this presentation. Literally, I put it up every year and I, I, I maybe get two or three calls throughout the year. There are, there are people in the room who have called me on my cell and we will sit and talk for 40 minutes about whatever it is that they're going through that's, that's generosity, that's wealth, and I'm so grateful because somebody in this group did that for me. I've been in other groups, I don't know another group that actually has the character, the values, the camaraderie, and the transparency. And to me, there's two components of what makes an incredible group of people. It's not only transparency, you can see, you can see anything you want, but vulnerability. You can see and you can touch. We're gonna to work on it together. There's a big difference because there's a lot of other places, there's a lot of other people, there's a lot of other things going on where they're going, you can be transparent and that's how they get you excited about something and they're sharing with you things, but they're not sharing everything. Selective transparency is what you get a lot in the real estate investing industry. And the cool thing is this room is not about deals or houses or even money. It's about growing as people on a long journey to wealth so that we can all achieve and be the people we are made to be. All right, guys, sorry for the interruption, but I just want to really quick remind you that Flip Hacking Live this year is on October 15th, 16th, and 17th. It's going to be packed full of 
amazing real estate investors just dishing, telling you everything that they're doing in their market to be successful, to be profitable, to scale, just all of their secrets and, and tactics and tricks that they're doing to be successful in their market. And because this is a virtual event, now we're going to bring this to you live in your home. You don't have to travel. All of the worries about traveling and COVID and are people going to be wearing masks? Are they going to try to shake my hand? Like, how far are we going to sit apart? All of those fears, if you had them, are gone because we're going to bring it right to your house. So the fact that it's a virtual event, in my opinion, probably means we're going to be able to make this even better. I'm going to be speaking at the event. It's going to be amazing. We're going to send out swag boxes. You're going to get free stuff. It's just going to be awesome. And right now, the tickets are so cheap. They're only $297. That price is going to go up. And that's exactly why I'm interrupting this right now to tell you the price is going up soon. Go grab your tickets now. You can go to www.best realestateevent.com. That's a new URL. It's a little easier to remember, and I thought that would be helpful. So go to bestrealestateevent.com. If you go and get your tickets before the end of August, send me proof that you bought them before the end of August. I will enter you in a drawing for me to pay for your ticket. So this thing could even be free. It's a no-brainer, guys. The cost of the ticket is insanely low. It's not going to stay this low. Go grab it now or you will regret it because this is going to be an event like no other. So go grab your ticket. Go to bestrealestateevent.com and I hope to see you there. All right, let's get back to the interview. So anyway, that's my soapbox and uh, that's where we have been focused over the last uh, couple of years why do people invest in real estate in general? Uh, and it's because 90% of the world's millionaires, not just the United States, but the world's millionaires were made through real estate investing. And part of some of the understanding and the research as to why that is, is because it's what's called, uh, there's no true net zero value in real estate. Apple's CEO could have a catastrophe and they file bankruptcy and the piece of paper that you own as far as a stock is, goes away, it's gone. Real estate, at the end of the day, yeah, whether you have debt on it or not have debt on it, there is some inherent value. The world goes to crap. You can still take that piece of land or that house and trade it for chickens. Like if we have a monetary crisis, like there's still an inherent value there's a net value so it can never go to true zero. That is the type of asset that you need to look for to be able to put your money into phase two and then something that can produce that as well on into phase three that's producing passive income over a long period of time. And why is real estate so sexy for being able to do that? Because it allows you to actually do phase two, three, and four all at the same time. It is the most efficient process for being able to do those simultaneously. Where other people are starting businesses and doing different things, they're achieving two, they're achieving three, they're achieving phase four, but very, very few things will achieve multiple of these phases at the same time, and that's what real estate does. That's why we like real estate, that's why I like it. Um, it really wouldn't matter to me if it was real estate or if it was something else. I don't really care. I'm just trying to build a life where I get to pick up my kids and take them to the zoo on Tuesday mornings and really have the immense amount of joy and wealth walking them through feeding giraffes on a Tuesday morning. That is what I was headed towards, and that's what this group has given me. Um, so my wealth machine is not only uh, acquiring property, so we are wholesalers, we are flippers, and then over the last year, we've really transformed our business inside and out to be uh, long-term buy and hold investors, and here's why. The tax code changed. It's like our president is a real estate investor or something. And uh, <laughs> it, it's a little crazy. I, I really I dug into the tax code as soon as it was released. There were a lot of rumors about what it was going to look like. Um, but the two biggest things I'm going to try and share with you today with my 20 minutes left is the two hardest things that people run into, I say, go build wealth. We need to look at all five of these phases. What does that look like for you? What steps are you at? And then there's usually some practical hurdles that are very difficult for people. If you're in this room, you've got access to capital, or at le least you know you can go get hard money, 
or you can ask somebody at lunch, probably they have money. I don't know. Wh whatever that short-term money is, you've got to be able to find the property, find the short-term money, find long-term uh, the long-term money, and then also maximize its efficiency over a period of time. The first two are kind of what people have been talking about in these groups for years. The last two typically are the hardest for people to grasp, and that's what I'm going to spend time on right now. Uh, tax savings and strategy. The most effective way to save on taxes is to uh, have you or your spouse be classified as a full-time real estate professional. A full-time real estate professional. It's like the holy grail of uh, t uh, tax classifications. There are people that have gone to jail trying to just get the full-time real estate professional uh, classification while they are a doctor or have a different profession. If you guys are in this room, you or your spouse can be a full-time real estate professional um, and then that allows you to create and generate significant losses, either on paper or real losses, that you can push against your active income. Uh, the IRS's defini definition of a real estate professional are twofold. I referenced the uh, citation in the code, 469C7B, and this is what qualifies, is a 50% uh, of personal service time in real property trade or business activities. So 50% or greater. So if you have a W-2 job, you have to hit 50% or greater and you actually have to document it. If you don't, it's very easy. One of the spouses can qualify because their only focus is 100% real estate. The taxpayer then must also spend 750 cumulative hours in a 12-month period or more in real property trade business activities. And the, the key here is it doesn't have to be you, it just has to be one of the two people that are on that actual tax return. And then the second thing is it doesn't work in a C corporation. Uh, you don't want a C corporation because it does not flow through on your personal tax return and you can't classify your business as a, pro, a real estate professional individual to be able to capture these, these losses that, uh, that are able to be generated uh, by using the existing and new tax code. Yeah, so it can be your spouse. Uh, you want to be taxed as a real estate professional. It truly is the holy grail. As a real estate professional, you can use passive losses to offset your active income. And the first way that it's been around in commercial real estate investing for a long time. It just hasn't been cost effective and it hasn't been uh, as much of a deduction in the first year to be able to take. So what that looks like is the tax code's written to incentivize us uh, to do things. The tax code is not a book of rules. Like we said earlier, it's basically a treasure map. It's telling you what they want you to invest in. Where, they, where do they want you to put their, your money? And for this entire century, previous and now, so far, every government has tried to incentivize affordable housing. That's the big reason that real estate is so heavily incentivized, is they want to provide f affordable housing. If they can give you bigger deductions, if they can get you better ways, they're on your team. They want you to provide a great, safe, clean, healthy place to live that there's more supply and less demand so costs go down. That's their goal. So you got to switch your thinking with the IRS. They're actually your partner. They're not your enemy trying to come collect money. It's what are the incentives in place and how do I start shifting my operations to be able to capitalize on that. And so with this, you can depreciate, everybody knows, or a lot of people know that uh, a real estate asset, not the land, but the, the improvements on the land are depreciable. You can depreciate that because it's going to break down over time. Uh, the normal rules are about 27 and a half years is what you can do to depreciate that. And what that looks like is if I have a $100,000 property, as far as my cost in it, I can spread that value over 27 and a half years and take it as an expense 
this year, so one twenty-seventh and a half this year, I can take that as an expense against my income so that I can recapture just a little bit of tax savings. This year with the tax code, it completely changed. It used to be that there were some things that you used to be able to do uh, to, for personal property uh, and for, for the amount of time that you could depreciate something over. So instead of 27 and a half years, personal property is not the same as single family residential real estate. Personal property is like a truck or it's, uh, it's a desk, it's a, a light fixture, it's a refrigerator. There's a lot of different things that can be classified as personal property. You can take the personal property in a house and now figure, add up all the different components of that property and classify it as personal property. Previous to the tax code that was released in December, you could then take the deduction over five years or seven years, depending on the item. In December when they passed it, I'm screaming in the middle of the night, standing up on the bed when I actually got to that section and my wife is like, shut up, you're gonna wake up the kids. I'm so excited because they said, huh, personal property, you can take 100% of its value as a deduction in year one if it's new to you. So no longer does it have to be a new item, it just has to be new to you and they said for the next four years, they're trying to incentivize affordable housing. You can take all of the value of that and push it into this year and say, hmm, that fridge is $700. I can take $700 of write-offs against my income. The real estate professional piece is where it gets really sexy because most people can only take a $25,000 deduction cap on their income based on that type of loss. It's a paper loss. So you're creating a paper expense by depreciating the asset. They're capped at $25,000 and because it's a passive loss, they can only take it against their passive income. What's different about this is as a full-time real estate professional, you can take it against your active income or your spouse's active income, there's no cap. That's why it's the holy grail. I mean, is that cool or what? Mm. I know I'm getting super nerdy on some people and I'm trying to keep it as basic as possible. Bill emailed me and was like, how long do you need? And I was like, do we have a whole day to get into all the different strategies and stuff that you, you could use to decrease your taxes? But we just got about 15 minutes left. So I'm gonna give you an example. So this is Klein Place. We just bought it uh, on Tuesday. Uh, the purchase price is $150,000. The closing costs were 2,971. Renovations on this property were 17,500. Okay, so it's worth about 240, 265, depending on how much money we put into it. But our cost basis is where you get the depreciable number, okay? So the cost basis on the bottom is 170,000. So what am I into the property for? So you're adding up your purchase price, your closing costs, your renovation costs. That's what your cost basis is for a property. So 170,471. If I put this into rental service, if I bought it in 2018, actually it's if I bought it after September 14th, 2017, there's some debate, 14th or 17th of September last year. Um, the tax code got pushed through so fast and nobody had read it. Um, <laughs> that they're, like all of the experts and a lot of people like me are still submitting questions to try and figure out how it's gonna be interpreted. Um, so that's where there's some debate on different things, but if you bought it after September of last year, put it into rental service, you can take a depreciation, uh, it's called accelerated bonus depreciation. You can take that depreciation on your rental as long as you bought it and put it in service after that date. 
So my Klein Place purchase is 170000 The rule of thumb is that you can depreciate in personal property. It's going to be somewhere around 15 to 30%. Now, the reason it's a range is because if you have a $100,000 property, a refrigerator still costs what a refrigerator costs. It's going to increase the percent that you can deduct because as a percentage of your cost basis, it's higher. On a half a million dollar property, a refrigerator is gonna be a significantly smaller percentage of your cost basis, but in general, you're adding up, and the way to do the math in your head quickly is it's somewhere between 15 and 30%. I feel like a conservative way to look at that is just a flat 20%. If you think about the cost basis of your house, what are you into it for? A flat 20% is typically what you're gonna be able to pull out and identify it as personal property. Now, what we're talking about here is called a cost segregation study. A cost segregation study where you're pulling out personal property and deducting it faster than the actual 27 and a half year depreciation life cycle of the property. So on this particular property, I can deduct 100% of the cost of personal property in year one. Now guys, it's like the holy grail of real estate investing deductions. The tax code just got better. We've only got four years to be able to take advantage of this and then it goes away. They want us to provide affordable housing to the community, to the economy, to be hiring people to fix these houses. We only have four years to be able to take these deductions and then it goes away, yes. Single family, multifamily, it doesn't matter the size, it all applies. The problem in the past was a cost segregation study, typically you'd have to hire an engineer, they would come in and it would be about $2,000 to $7,000. So as soon as I found out that the cost segregation was an option on used residential single family property, I called like 25 engineers. I found two companies that have something that's relatively cost effective and I landed on working with kbkg.com because they will do what's called a self-measured study. They will allow you to go out to the property and they'll send you a 27-page packet and you'll start adding up. Refrigerator, I've got, a, I've got two uh, light fixtures here, I've got one dishwasher. I, you, you fill out their packet and pictures, you take the pictures and you send it into them. And they produce the study for $400 and will send it directly to your CPA. So instead of five or $8,000 to have the study done, it's now $400 per property. Pretty cool, huh? Um, not only that, I'm in negotiations with KBKG right now, and if you tell them that you're a part of seven figure, their tr or eight figure or house flipping formula, and you're trying to push some of this stuff through, we're trying to get a volume discount somewhere in the $200 range. So we're, we're very close, but if, if you are gonna do something between now and the end of the year, just let them know you're a part of this group. There's an incredible amount of buying power in this group, and I give Justin a hard time. People don't, they don't, they don't pitch this from stage, but literally, the financing options, the discounts, the ways that you can get in contact with people, list source discount, like, I mean, I joined the group and I think I saved like $150,000 in like, 120 days, thousand, over $1,000 a day. I mean, there's just so many added benefits to like us all being on the same journey together. Uh, so this uh, is $400 right now is the, the retail price for the self-measured study. They will also give you an estimate based on the cost basis and the region that you're in of what they think the, uh, the amount of depreciable personal property is in the property before you actually do the study or before you go fill out the packet. They can give you an estimate to see if it makes sense. But I'm gonna run through the numbers on what I save next year on my taxes based on this purchase that we bought on Tuesday. So kbkg.com, they're a tax strategy engineering firm. You can contact them directly, but please let them know you're a part of this group so that we can really leverage that for the discount, we're so close. Um, that said, Cost basis on Klein, 170,000, 
personal property. We segregated out. We actually just measured the study and uh, we, we sent it in. We actually did it uh, 30 days prior <laughs> to, uh, to buying the property. We had it under contract and we sent it in because I wanted to make sure I had an active uh, option for, to show you guys exactly what the savings is. So in personal property, we were able to uh, segregate out $32,389.49. The cost of the study was $400. That's all great and well. I want to make sure that you guys get the power of that. So let's go to the next bullet, which is my tax basis decreased for next year by $32,389.49, which saves me how much in actual dollars, real dollars today that I do not have to pay to the IRS. $11,984.11. So the game here is, if we've only got four years to do this, you can really jumpstart your, uh, your investing by saving all of the money that you have. I mean, that you're not paying to the IRS how much of a rate of return can you get on that money instead of giving it to the IRS, what else can you do with it and you'll be able to accelerate uh, your wealth moving through those five phases. Okay, so the question I usually get right after that is what happens when I sell it? So there are a couple of things. The first one is you're, um, you're moving capital gains from short-term capital gains to long-term. I mean, to do this, it has to be put into rental service, so hold it longer than a year. What happens in that percentage that you deducted is your personal income, my personal income's at 37.5, with state it's at about 40, 45%, right? That's a lot of money. Even if you sell the property two years from now, there is a ceiling on how much they can recapture and it's 25%. So you just moved, um, moved your tax bracket from 40 to 25. Uh, and then you also moved your capital gains tax from 20 to 15 because you're going for long-term capital gains. Um, and then you're paying ordinary on the rest. I mean, it's, it's pretty awesome what you can do if you start to stack up your acquisitions and start depreciating these quickly. Um, so the other question that I get, there is so much we could talk about. It's really in-depth. There's a ton of stuff. If you join the group, this is what you have access to. Of like, I, my, my CPA literally said, please don't put my information up on the screen because I wanna work with legitimate people as a referral that's personal. So if you're in the group, I give you a referral, you got my CPA, you got my tax attorney. It's changed my life, I promise you it'll change yours. But at the same time, like in this event, like he literally said, I have so many people that are trying to work with me, please don't put my name up on screen. So, but if you're in the group, that's a much more small forum and happy to do so. Uh, the second question that I get is, how do I cash out refinance fast enough so that I can keep my money moving and how can I do this quickly? So people laugh at me, but I literally spend uh, most of the day on the phone. Almost all day, every day, just calling people, trying to work out a deal, trying to figure out a strategy. And what I did here was I called a bunch of portfolio lenders and realize that if I can't get a cash out refinance in 30 or 90 days, I'm not gonna be able to really scale this quickly. So I've negotiated a deal through my central office manager. I had to guarantee I was gonna bring them a minimum of 50 loans in 12 months, otherwise I have to pay a penalty to them. But they, they're not set up, they're not a Fannie Freddie lender, but this is the terms that we were able to negotiate if you're a part of the group is you can get a 70% loan to value, new appraised value, cash out refi in 30 days, or you can get a 75% LTV at 90 days on the new value after you renovated it. It's anywhere between six and a half to seven and three quarters percent interest rate on a true 30 year fixed term, fixed M, no balloon, 
rental loan. So that, right? Who, who gets how big that is? <laughs> this is not a Fannie Freddie product. It does not get on your personal credit. They look at your credit, but it is not um, going on your personal income statement. So they underwrite on what's called a debt service cover ratio. It's a commercial underwriting term, and it is how much income to expenses do you actually have coming in on the property. So they don't care about you as long as you've got a credit score and you filed a tax return. They're underwriting the property itself. They want stuff that doesn't need repairs, that's in service. So if you can figure out your short-term money to buy, renovate, these guys can refinance. Now we're working on the process of getting, uh, getting the group a better, a better rate together um, but what we've set up from now is that my office coordinator can submit what's called a co-application. And what I want to do is, over the next 12 months, through our account that's set up, go fund three, four hundred or hundred loans in 12 months on these rental refis, cash out, and then go back to them and say, hey, we brought you all this stuff. We'll take it somewhere else if, if we don't get a better rate. We have a lot of buying power together. So what I've opened up to people uh, is if you're in one of the coaching programs, now we can't do it for everybody, but if you're in one of the coaching programs, my office coordinator can submit a co-application, you fill it out, she sends it in, and then you're the point of contact to get the rental refi processed. This is how we are now, we bought five rentals last month and we're pushing through refinances, all of them, we should get all our cash back by Christmas. I mean, not only that, it's an infinite rate of return because I don't have any money in the property. It's cash flowing, it's paying down because the renter is paying it down, and I just got a break for $20,000-ish, $10,000 for this particular property on my taxes. So my my R, single year IRR is like a thousand percent just based on leaving a little bit of closing costs in it. So anyway, I did it. I did it in 45 minutes. Wow. <laughs> All right. So this yeah, is Yeah, you better take a picture of that. <laughs> and you better turn your phone off. <laughs> This is my contact information. If you guys want more information about anything, please let me know. The best way to get in touch based on these subjects is to go to my URL, which is sellmyhome.org backslash think tank, sign up, it'll push through. And when I send out an email in about two weeks with a lot more of this information, you'll be on that list. If you email me, I may not get back to you. That's if true. If you call me, I may not get back to you, but I do text really well, so there, there we are. <laughs> do you guys know what you just got? I think only some of you do. Number one, Adam just told us how much money he makes, indirectly by his tax bracket, if you guys caught that. <laughs> I'm in the back going, I know how much money he makes. And then he just, I mean, now I know why you're calling me, asking me for money all the time. You're buying a bunch of rental properties and you need financing. Now I yep. get it, okay? Short-term money, so long-term money. I think money. I recognize some of those houses you're talking about. <laughs> um, so, and he's right, that's the power of, of what's here and the buying power. And, and it's funny because I'm doing it because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get discounts for all of us use buying power for me, and he's doing the same thing on his own. I don't even know about half this stuff, okay? Um, and just one of the eight-figure members is really, this is the level that we're pushing each other up to. But if you guys don't know what you just got right there, hopefully you donated to OUR so you're gonna get the video and rewatch it and maybe rewatch it sitting next to your CPA <laughs> or send it to your CPA and go, what did I just get here? And he's gonna be like, you just made yourself another million dollars this year if you buy a bunch of rental products, seriously. And like, there's about four or five other strategies we didn't even talk about because we don't have time. All right, all right, you've had your 45 minutes. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Thank you. Save, you save it for the next... Uh, all right, guys, there you go. What a presentation by Adam Ray, the one and only Adam Ray, friend of mine, very smart guy. 
is all about accumulating wealth, doing it in a way that gives you a lifestyle that you really want. Not putting yourself on a hamster wheel and just working some you know, job that you create for yourself, but actually creating long-term wealth that gives you freedom of time, that gives your family all the things that you want them to have and to do it in an intelligent way. He hit on the tax codes a little bit there. Uh, he, like he said, he's a little bit of a nerdy guy when it comes to like digging into some of the stuff that a lot of people don't like digging into. And he does that inside of our mastermind for everyone. He's always giving us these kind of updates and, and strategies for building wealth. And that's why I wanted to give this presentation to you guys as a small little glimpse at what happens at Flip Hacking Live. This is just one presentation again, guys. And Adam's gonna be there again this year giving another presentation and you do not want to miss it because it's all it's all gold everything he says is is pretty much gold so anyways hope you enjoy that hope you took notes uh until i talk to you next time get out there make today the best day ever All right, guys, here we go again. As you know, if you stick around long enough and wait till the end of the episode and listen all the way through, every once in a while, I'll throw a freebie at you. And today is a pretty cool one. So today, what I want to give you just for listening all the way to the end, nothing else. Uh, I'm not asking for anything. It's just a complete giveaway to you is an ABC offer. If you don't know what an ABC offer is, sometimes when you go and talk to a seller, a full cash offer doesn't really meet their needs. Uh, maybe you just can't give them enough. You can't bridge that gap between what they want for their house and what you're willing to give them. So sometimes you can give them options. The A option could be, uh, I will give you an all cash offer. This is what I can offer you and you'll get it all at closing. Uh, a B offer could be, uh, I will give you a little bit closer to what you want, but not quite what you want. And there will be some terms attached. So there'll be some cash up front and then terms attached. And then maybe the C offer is all terms. I'm going to give you exactly what you want for the house, but uh, I'm no money up front and it'll just be terms and we'll figure out the terms. But there's like an ABC offer that they can choose from so that you can really meet anybody's needs when it comes to trying to uh, purchase the house. If, if they just can't come off of their number and there's just no way you can do that for all cash, sometimes times spreading those payments out, giving them what they want, but spreading those payments out is advantageous to you as the investor. So anyways, I want to give you a template for an ABC offer that you can just plug and play into your business right now. So if you go to juststartrealestate.com forward slash ABC, so that's juststartrealestate.com forward slash ABC, you can grab that document right now. No need to put in an email address or sign up or do anything. Just It's just flat given to you. So when you go there and, and click on that, or when you go to that URL, you'll get a screen that asks you if you want to make a copy of the ABC. It's called LOI, letter of intent. And you just hit yes, make a copy. And then it goes into your Google Drive and it's yours to use however you want. So you just have to make that copy when it asks you to so that I don't, sometimes people can, um, if I just give you access to the the actual original, I'll, sometimes it'll get deleted or it'll get changed and, and it's confusing. So uh, by doing this, you just go there and you make a copy and it becomes yours. You can alter it however you want. So go there and check it out. Out, just start real estate.com forward slash ABC. There you go, guys. Go for it.